Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Mon, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Mon who is totally distracted because cake is just around the corner. (laughs) So sorry. (laughs) I got got my whole morning spiel up and running for this big launch of my co-host and my co-host is... He's off with the... Fairies. It's just not here. It's, it's, not here. it's all about the cake. The lights are on, but nobody's... <laughs> Why are we having cake today? Today is a significant day no, for our not. team. It, well, yesterday or maybe the day before Whenever. was a significant day for our team. Because this, this is a delayed broadcast introduction. All right, all right. But cake. Monday, Monday forget the 15th... Forget the delayed broadcast. Cake. Yes. Monday the 15th was a, was a big cake, day for us cake, because cake right our, our previous boss, Nick, uh, is handing over the reins to our new boss, Maddie. And, uh, and so I've gone and baked a little cake uh, yesterday. Yesterday, last night, a beautiful lemon cake, Vani's special recipe, mm. and uh, and I'm pretty keen baked bean to get a slice of that cake, and we are just moments, <laughs> moments, sheer moments away from getting some cake in this face, <laughs> and uh, so I'm pretty excited. I'm totally distracted by that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm grateful for this morning. What are you grateful for this morning, Lyle? Well, I was just thinking about being grateful for, um, you know, things like, you know, hard work and juice fasts and, you know, just sort of, you know, cogitating on the con- Contrast between that and cake, but we probably shouldn't go there right now. <laughs> <coughs> I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for. Um, I'm grateful for garage sales. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it, had a, it had an epic monster garage sale. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Why didn't you have a garage sale this coming weekend? It's Australia's largest garage sale happening. I'm having a garage sale. I didn't know. You Nobody told board. me. Nobody told me yeah. it's Australia's largest. I only largest. found out about it the other day as well. It's called Garage Sale Trail. So yeah, it's a hugest, it's the biggest sort of conglomerate garage sale around the country. And you can register your garage sale and then people can download a, a trail map and then it has all the, all the addresses listed on all it. Right, so really go, go follow a trail somewhere in the UK. Castle region, and you might meet Mon. You might meet Mon selling off junk. No, it's not junk. My stuff's pretty good. Come and buy stuff. <laughs> anyway, we have a wonderful show coming out for you today. If you would like to transition across to the live show, you are, of course, totally able to do that. It's very easy. Just go to faithfm.com.au. That's our website. Up the top of the page, you'll find the live stream, and you can just press play. Alternatively, you can download the TuneIn app. Just make sure you get the free version. Don't have to pay for it. And then you can just search for Faith FM Australia. Make us in your favorites folder. And, of course, once again, just press play there too. Simple as that. Yeah. So join the join the fun, join the live show, participate in all of the different uh, call-in opportunities we have and become a part of the show on the live show. Uh, stay tuned. We've got some good news coming up next. All creatures of our God and King Lift up your voice and with us sing Alleluia, Alleluia Golden beam, thou silver moon with softer gleam. Oh, praise him! Oh, praise him! Oh 
Everybody, you're listening to Anthem Lights, all creatures of our God and King to start off the week with. And uh, Mon, what have we got for our quiz this morning? We have a quiz. It's already live on our Instagram. As you all know, our Instagram handle is faithfmlive. It's all lowercase one word. Definitely a special place to go after today, and you'll find out why in a minute. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. I'm, very, I'm super excited this morning. Uh, okay, so who am I? This is our new quiz. Clue number one. Our sister's, sorry, my sister's son warned me about a plot by over 40 men against my life. That should be really easy. Mm-hmm. My sister's son warned me about a plot by over 40 men against my life. So, who had 40 men plotting against him and, uh, and, and whose sister warned him about it? Mm. Sister's son warned him about it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Give us a call if you know the answer. It's 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. You can text us your answers. 0491-064-669. Um, and, uh, and you can text us your answers. You can also contact us through social media. Uh, if you go to our Instagram page, you can message us um, direct through there. And uh, we accept those answers as well. And Lyle does know the answer. So there will be a prize. Yeah, we should know the answer. Uh-huh, yeah. We have been kind of like, mm, yeah. <laughs> no, let's stop giving away. <laughs> yeah, so we... Um, I often wonder what happened to those 40 guys. Yeah. Why don't we get to ask them, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I have some really, really good ideas. I'm so excited about this, Lyle. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know how this is uh, This is Faith FM, the home of uh, Good News Radio, mm-hmm. positively different radio, as yes. our slogan is. So, I have discovered something that we can all get involved in, and I think, in particular, that we're going to enjoy this. There is, get this, some, some lovely person has organized a world photo contest um, that has it's an annual photo contest, but the theme is kindness. So you have to take a picture that shows kindness, and then you can actually win. There's actually cash prizes. Um, so it's it's called Envision Kindness. It's a non for profit organization, and it says here they're dedicated to spreading positivity through videos and photos. And uh, and this month, October, they're holding their second annual photography contest for images that embody kindness. So um, the photo contest is called Our World Is Kind 2018, mm-hmm. and uh, it offers photographers a chance to have their p- pictures published across the internet. So they can inspire the world. Um, the founder, David Freiberg, he told uh, 
um, uh, newscasters that there's so much good out there and we can all benefit from it. We just have to find it. And last year, the, the contest received over 1,500 submissions from across 80 different countries and the winning photos. I'm going to put up a slideshow on our, on our social medias and I challenge anyone to look through these pictures without getting a little bit of moist in the eye. <laughs> there's something in my eye. <laughs> but the, the pictures are just beautiful. And... Um, and I think anyone can take these pictures, actually. They're not, like, technically different. Yeah, difficult. wow. Okay, there's some pretty confronting pictures. I love this here. one. Pre- oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. so it's a it's – is this called a tuk-tuk? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yes, yeah, so there's, there's a guy, he's riding a tuk-tuk, and, his custom, and it's raining, and the customer is holding out their arm – you can't see the customer – and holding an umbrella up for the tuk-tuk driver to stay dry because they're obviously, you know, covered. Um, I like that one. Uh, they're just so beautiful. They're not technically difficult, so I think anyone could take one of these pictures. You just have to look around you with new eyes with eyes you're going to enter this competition one I am I am absolutely going to enter this contest I'm already thinking today I should go for a walk in town and see if I can't spot something and uh, and send well not all of these are um Photos that have been spotted either. There's a there's, yeah, there's, there's one photo there that's um, that you know that's completely uh, that's um, set up. Yep. posed and set up and, and an awesome photo I should say. Yeah, yeah, two little sisters hugging, uh, lying on the ground in a, in a chalk like they drew a little chalk house. Chalk house, yeah. Yeah, there's some people uh, you know giving giving water to hungry hungry elderly, sorry thirsty elderly, and there's teachers and and kids sharing food. There's even birds birds feeding each other. That was really cute as well, but. I think this is a challenge that we could all do. We just need to adjust our eyes. Absolutely, I and I think, think it's going to bring a lot of positivity to the mm. world. And I think you can uh, you can never do harm by looking for positivity, and well, you can you can only do good by looking for positivity. It's going to be good for you. It's going to be good for everybody else. And you post the photos up, and it becomes good for the whole world. Yeah, and you know this is what we this is what we aim to do every day here on Faith Heaven. We try to um, you know get people to look at look at their lives through through eyes of gratitude. You know, when we ask you what you're grateful for, we're hoping that you actually are thinking about you know what. I do have something to be grateful for today. And I think this would be like one step up, like it'd be a level up, like mm. actually try and photograph like a bit of kindness, a bit of positivity around you. And uh, and yeah, and send it in. I definitely am going to be entering this competition. I mean, you could win 500 bucks. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And uh, and yeah, I think this is great. So I'm going to put this up on our socials so you can all check it out uh, where to go and where to submit your pictures. It's obviously open to worldwide uh, contestants. So I'm very excited about it. I'm excited to see what your wife does because your wife is a banging photographer. She's great. I'm sure she'll come up with something incredibly creative. I'm sure she has like a bunch of stuff just in her in her archives. <laughs> she probably does actually. Yeah. She probably does. Just pull yeah. something straight out and submit it in. Okay, let me tell you another great story. This is uh how do you feel about serendipity, Lyle? Mm, I feel that it's a long and difficult word to spell. <laughs> <laughs> I think serendipitous. Any, anything serendipitous, I reckon it's just another sort of way of talking about the Holy Spirit without giving credit to the Holy Spirit to some extent. But this is something that might seem a little bit serendipitous. So you know what Uber is, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a taxi service. Um, so there's, a, there's a, a guy called Michael Skinner and he is a University of Notre Dame student, right? And, um, and he called for an Uber to take him home one day from a parenting event and uh, he, he is an engineering major. Whereabouts? Uh, this, the University of Notre Dame. Okay. And, uh, and as he was driving home with 
uh, his Uber driver, uh, they discovered they had a pretty significant connection. So the Uber driver was called Doug Anderson and he had an 11-year-old daughter called Tori. Uh, him and his wife had adopted her from China when she was five and, uh, and she was born with only one finger on each hand. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Which is, a, you know, it's a, it's a sad condition and apparently it causes her a lot of embarrassment and insecurity. And uh, him and his wife, Doug and his wife, had approached many different hospitals about getting um, some sort of prosthetics for, for Tori. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but the doctors, you know, they always said that she would quickly outgrow them and they're really expensive. And, um, and unfortunately, Doug and his wife, uh, their money's a bit tight for them. They have uh, adopted two other special needs kids, which is, to me, it's just incredible. Wow, yeah, that's amazing. To adopt a kid is one thing. To adopt... A special needs kid is another thing, really and to special. adopt three special needs kids is is very special. So mm. hats off to to Doug and his wife. Um, so they they couldn't they couldn't afford to get the prosthetics for Tori. Um, and Doug he took up driving Uber actually to, to earn extra money so he could try and help you know his special needs kids with with their needs. Um, and as it was, this student that he picked up, this engineering major, Michael Skinner was the perfect person for him to chat with about this. So he ended up talking about his daughter and about her prosthetic needs. And it turns out his his Uber customer oh, works I, with I an engineer. I can see where this story is going. <laughs> this guy's an engineer. He works with The an, other guy wants prosthetics. Uh-huh. But not only that. So this guy, he works with an engineering group called Enable. Mm-hmm. Like enable, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, it's a group that three D prints robotic robotic hands, and they have been searching in vain for a child who needed one. No yeah. way. So, like, because they wanted to test, you know, their product and see how it works, and they needed like they needed someone to test it out for them, but they they just couldn't find a kid who needed a prosthetic um, in their region. So, after several months of sizing and collaboration, because the two got together and started working together, uh, young Tori has now been fitted with a new set of three D printed hands, and she can now throw a baseball, write, and blow bubbles. And uh, check out his little picture of Tori. Bubbles is important. <laughs> Look, blowing bubbles is important for. Girls of all ages, okay. I'm still into bubbles. Of course, why not? <laughs> we can see her happy little That's face. That's really there. cool. I like the colours on them. It kind of looks like she's, um, yeah, like p- some super, uh huh, um, uh-huh. It's got a bit of an Iron Man thing happening. With yeah, it. it does. So one of them's purple. One of them's like it got purple with like a little bit of blue, and the one's like orange and white. So obviously, as they went through different prototypes, they were perfecting it. But I'm loving this. They th- haven't they haven't actually tried to make it look like normal hands. They've they've given it more of the cool factor. More of yeah, the, um, yeah. you know, the superhero factor, that, the, uh, you know, the, the, the amazing robot mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure crossover. once you try and get into uh, prosthetics that look really realistic, you're probably looking at way more money. Um, so this, but this is, I'm loving. I actually, I actually like that though, because I think that prosthet- prosthetics that try and look too realistic end up looking not realistic at all. A little bit creepy. And they just, yeah, that's a bit creepy. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> So here they just embrace the fact that yeah, it's not Yeah, embrace it and, and, yeah. and like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a superhero fun. right here. Yeah. <laughs> I love this aspect about 3D printing. That is so, uh, This is like the third story I've heard coming out of this new 3D printing technology of people uh, being charitable and printing prosthetic limbs for people who can't afford it. So mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. what definitely a positive side of, uh, of new technology, of this new 3D printing. And my brother is actually like, where can I get a 3D printer? I want to print some prosthetic limbs for folks. <laughs> <laughs> Was his dream more like a prison now it seems? 
somewhere on the corporate climb He left his warrior behind Now he's just a worker at a daily grind That steals his years and numbs his mind His strength is fading, his dreams are blind This is not the life he had in mind He's up all night Staring at a screen that tells him lies That the grass is greener on the other side So she's at the gym Fighting off the years to be young again And calm her fears That she'll never be enough for him Just as a young man catches her eye Now they're trapped in their own worlds and their own wars With their cell phones and the closed doors It's funny how quiet and peaceful that it seems But they're all alone together In the house of their dreams Sister, she's a 16-year-old princess Lost somewhere between the swing set And a brand new crush's chariot awaits And big brother's room's glowing with trophies To shout his name But he trade all his high school fame For some backyard catch with his hero again But they're trapped in their own worlds and their own wars With their cell phones and the closed doors It's funny how quiet and peaceful that it seems But they're all alone together In the house of their up in Sunday best sit up straight just like the rest and sing the songs of peace and rest that Jesus freely gives and then the kids look up as daddy stands and he takes his bride with trembling hands the brother kneels at his father's side Princess looks in her mother's eyes Their tears tear down the walls As daddy prays We're trapped in our own worlds And our own wars With our cell phones And our closed doors God only you can save our family And on this rock we'll build On this rock we'll build House of our dreams
Welcome back, guys. You're listening to Casting Crowns with House of Dreams here on Faith FM and Mon as we continue on with The Breakfast Show. What is our next clue for the quiz, if you haven't already figured it out? Yes. 1-800-324-843 is the number. You should know the answer to this one. It is something we have talked about recently. Mm-hmm. Okay, who am I? I said, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. Ooh, bit of an insult. If you know who it is, Strong give words us a right call. There. And uh, we'll send a prize, of course. Nothing like a prize on a Monday morning. Absolutely. Okay, I'm not quite sure where to start with uh, this morning's stories, but I'll just start with... Mon, have you ever been in a Turkish prison? Yeah, funnily enough, no, Lyle. <laughs> really? <laughs> what kind of question is that? Have I been in a Turkish prison? No, I haven't. I haven't even, <laughs> I haven't even eaten turkey. Well, Andrew Brunson has been in a Turkish prison. He's been there for the last two years. But yesterday, he flew from a Turkish prison and landed in the White House. Oh, really? Yeah. That's it's a kind of a contrast. Bit of a transition, yeah. yeah. A bit of a contrast. Turkish prisons um, are a little bit uh, a little bit rougher than what we have here in Australia, or the United States for that matter. They're, they're kind of a rough place. And uh, his health was, um, yeah, not doing so well there. But uh, it's an interesting story because this guy is an evangelical pastor from Izmir in Turkey. Oh, uh-huh, this guy. You've heard th- yeah, you've yeah, heard this about yeah. this guy, right? Yeah, we talked about it on air just yeah. a while ago. And uh, um, he was accused of espionage after the failed coup attempt against Ergodan. Er- mm-hmm. Some of his former church members who were disgruntled accused him of having Kurdish sympathies and working with um, the Kurdish um, you know, uh, resistance and, and, and whatnot because he had apparently been travelling to that part of um, Turkey to assist Syrian refugees. And they were like, yeah, no, he hasn't been assisting Syrian refugees. He's been assisting the um, the Kurds and he's been a part of this coup attempt and so he got locked up and was facing 35 years. And Donald Trump stepped in and decided that he was innocent and... Um, <laughs> Sanctioned the uh, sanction, sanctioned several Turkish officials and doubled tariffs on steel and aluminium imports. Wow, and got him out. Well, it's kind of interesting because <clears throat> um, after being in prison for two years, they decided to take the case to court, which is um, yeah a little bit slow, but anyway, uh, they took it to court and they found him guilty, which is interesting. Yeah, sentenced him to three years uh-huh. uh, with two years good behaviour mm-hmm. and sent him home. I'm, I'm in two minds about this. There's <laughs> an interesting story here. It's a very religious story because what you've got is you've got uh, um, Donald Trump in the US who's facing you know his midterms and looking uh-huh. like he's going to get you know potentially smashed, um, needing a few wins on the board. Brett Kavanaugh comes in as a win for the evangelical cause. Now you've got Andrew Brunson coming in as a win for the evangelical cause. You kind of look at the timing of it and go, and you have to ask yourself, like, what's going on behind the scenes here? Yeah, exactly. You know, what are the political movements that are, you know, all of these things sort of just happening at this particular time? I mean, the timing of it is um, most interesting. And and, and Ergodan, of course, is, his comments are, uh, have been like, you know, um, the two countries, you know, will continue to cooperate as befits allies. And uh, we need to be having more joint efforts against terrorism. And uh, Donald Trump's like, oh, we're going to be looking at... Uh, those tariffs. It's <laughs> 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 like there's been an under an underhand deal take. I smell a rat. Maybe maybe I'm completely off, but <clears throat> that's my my uh, personal yeah. conspiracy yeah, theory I, for I the I morning. Smell rat as well. <laughs> like yeah, this is um the timing of this is just too interesting. When when I have midterms for him coming up, um yeah, imminently. Yeah, do, do you reckon he'll go in for a second round? Uh <clears throat> 
I believe he will. Though. I, my, it's a, okay, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. I, having been in the United States in the last uh, few months, he has a lot of support. He does. It is, yeah. That true. you just don't see here in this country. Yeah, it's because the media doesn't report it. But the numbers... Yeah, it's, it's 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 most interesting because mm-hmm. uh, you just sort of it's, it's unexpected when you get there. And it's like oh wow, yeah, yeah. When I was in the states, I was expecting to find people everywhere who hated him, and I did find a few. Sure, but I was actually more surprised to find how many people very vocal about their support of him. Mm-hmm. I mean, and not just and that my surprise was based on the fact that what we heard in the news leading up to the election was how much everyone hated him, and so I thought there's no way this guy's going to win, and then he did. And it's like well, obviously our media isn't portraying. You know, a true image of. It's interesting that the um, that he has so much support from the evangelical um, vote f- when he's the least religious president they've ever had. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that kind of um, it fascinates me. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, moving on, we have another story here about um, two offspring born to same-sex parents. Uh, Lyle, I'm, I'm not sure if you maybe you did human biology in high school, but that actually isn't physically possible. Turns out it is. There's definitely been some diddling behind the scenes. Some serious diddling. And there's, 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 there's two aspects to this. One of it is that the, the diddling mm-hmm. I find super cool because I love science. Yeah. And I love, you know, like, wow. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But then on the other hand, it's like, all right, you've got to have some, have some ethical limits here somewhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, these offspring are mice. <laughs> Okay. Um, but they're mammals like you and I. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And what they did was they took some stem cells, a certain type of stem cell with a long name that I won't go into, mm-hmm. um, that only has half a set of chromosomes. Okay. All right. Then they went into that stem cell and deleted all of the female-specific DNA within that – sorry, yeah, yeah, all of, all of the female-specific DNA from within that stem cell. Mm-hmm. And then they injected that into a female egg. Oh, and this was stem cell from a female mouse. Okay. They injected all this female-specific DNA, injected into a female egg, and out of 210 tries, they had uh, like 20-some um, successful mice that were born. Were they all, and they were all born as female mice? Um, good question. That's really freaky, Lyle. I know it's really freaky. It's really creepy, isn't it? Yeah. Now, the interesting thing is, of course, they tried to do this with male mice, mm-hmm. but you can't and, – and this is something that fascinates me. You have to have an egg. Yeah. You know, you just you, – you can't do this without an egg. And they're like, oh, we're going to do it, you know, with, with only two male parents so we get an egg and take the nucleus out of that. Well, where did you get the egg from? That's right. That's right. You know, yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna blow this story apart. It, 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 it tells me. It tells me something. That, I mean, one of the things that it illustrates there is um, is really the the um, um, the powerful influence. You know, the the, the power that women have, or that, that females have mm-hmm. in in the reproductive process. That you can do this, but you can't do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that's one aspect of it. Another aspect of it is that you've got some cool science here. Another aspect of it is that this is really, really freaky. It is really freaky because it's like, where are we? Where are we going to take this? Yeah. Where are we going to? You know you exactly know, where it's going. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly where this is going, and it um, and, and, and it it fits in in the same category as cloning. Um, you know, are we going to start cloning human beings? What are the ethical limitations here? Um, it fits in with. Um, uh, yeah, a number of a number of different um, you know, 
it, 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 it gets into the area of um, amalgamation, mm-hmm. you know, amalgamating different species and mixing different species. Uh, we've 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 seen mice that have been produced using human DNA, um, viable mice, and <clears throat> that was an interesting experiment because they produced mice that were one percent human DNA. The process used doesn't matter whether you you know whether you make it uh, the, the process stays the same whether you make it one percent or hundred percent. They only made it one percent for the purpose of the um, of the exercise. The challenge with that, of course, then is that if you take it further and make mice that have 100% human DNA and they're still mice, then you can then you can create a, a test tube baby from um, the reproductive you know cells of those mice, and because it's human DNA, it will produce a human child whose biological parents are mouse are mice. It's just freaky. It's making my head spin. <laughs> Super not into this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things that is uh, definitely a sign of the times. So, run me by a little bit again. So, when they get the the female egg, the mouse egg, and they inject it with what? Um, not sperm. Part of a stem cell from a female mice that has half the number of chromosomes. So they literally did the whole thing without any male mice? No male mice whatsoever at all. Okay, so first of all, I do think this does prove that women are the super race. But moving on from <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I do, Whatever. I do think, I do think our, um, our LGBTQRST, whatever it is, uh, community is going to be pushing to have this science um, they are. fast-tracked. So that, so that they, no, that's do you going reckon to, it'll work? That's, it'll going, work to, that's going to create some ethical discussions that are going to be uh, hotly debated over the next few years, I suspect. Do you reckon it'll work in humans? Well, there's no reason why not because um, we're both mammals. No, I'm, I'm super dubious about it working on it. I reckon even if it does work, something's going to be wrong with the baby. It's a sign of the times, but this is Ben and Noel with I Am Yours. I 
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia. And joining me on the phone today is Sean Doyle from uh, Creation Ministries International. And uh, Sean's from New Zealand, recently caught up with him while he was uh, visiting here in Australia. And uh, yeah, Sean, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Now, Sean, you're the... uh, um, uh, the the editor and reviewer for the uh, Journal of Creation and write a bunch of articles for the uh, Creation magazine. And I understand that your background is in environmental science, is that correct? That's correct, yes. Fantastic. Now, this morning, we would like to hear a little bit of your story. I, I, I've, I've met a few scientists recently who have um, gone down this path of actually becoming a believer in creation before a believer in God, and I understand that your story has some similarities to that. Take yes, us back to the beginning. Take us, take us through that, uh, that journey. All right, so I, it was back in high school when the journey really started for me. Uh, in grade 11, I had a good friend who, who started coming to school full-time, and, and he and I would discuss these sorts of matters about creation and evolution, uh, often as we'd walk home from school or or just playing on the playground or whatever. And um, and he was actually able to defend himself reasonably well. Okay. And, somet- and sometimes he would invite me over to his place, like say we were doing an assignment together, and sometimes you know, I'd talk with his whole family. Now, and, did, you, uh, did you have a spiritual background yourself at this point? Not really. Um, I mean, I'd been sort of baptised as a Catholic when I was a baby, but... I was never raised in the church or or anything like that. I attended a few RE classes at school, but we all did at that time, so yeah. it was you know, nothing nothing huge. Pretty much the standard stuff that the average person gets these days. Yeah. Okay, so you're heading over. You you you're heading over to his home. He's obviously uh, he, he's he's quite a strong believer and able defender of creation, and his family likewise. I'm assuming that he would have um, gained a lot of his knowledge and skills from his family environment. And what yep. are you, what, what are you being confronted with there? And, and what's your reaction to that? Well, uh, to me, it, it just at the time it sounded weird, but uh, that's uh, it was at least something that was presented as um, an alternative to what I'd been taught. And, of course, when you first see something very different from what you've been taught, you kind of react to it a bit, okay, that's that's a bit weird. But um, <clears throat> but they were, they were pretty cogent defenders of it. They were, you know, they often got uh, Creation Magazine. And, I was going to say, uh, these, are, these are people that must read Creation Magazine. <laughs> yes. But there, there were, and they answered many questions, but there are a few that, at least at the time, they weren't able to answer themselves. So, um, and, but, yep. Yep. How, how did, uh, how did you progress from there? What was the, what was the next, you've got some questions there that are unanswered. Um, are you at a point right now during high school where you're ready to accept it or you're like, you know, there's, there's, there's too many holes here? Um, yeah. Where are you at now? Oh, during high school, I didn't really accept any of it, um, but I was interested. And during the holidays between high school and uni, uh, my first year at uni, they invited me along to hear a creationist talk um, at Griffith University. And uh, I was interested to hear because I wanted to go along and ask some of my questions. Uh, and I wasn't at the at that point. I wasn't really. 
um, looking to stump the creationist or anything like that. I was genuinely interested to see what these guys would have to say. And um, I went along and he answered some of my questions pretty well. Um, I still had more, but, but at that point, from that talk onwards, I felt as though I had intellectual permission to believe in those first few chapters of Genesis. And so that pretty much undercut my major objection to opening the Bible or to looking into things Christian. What were some of the really big questions that you were struggling with up until this point? Well, the biggest question that I didn't have an answer for, at least in my own head, was um, where did all the, if the flood happened, where are all the human fossils? Sure. Um, And I thought that that was, that seemed to me to be something that I had never gotten a satisfactory answer to, but... um, and that's a really that's a really valid question right there. I mean, I'm yeah. sure we have a lot of listeners who are just sitting there thinking, "Yeah, that's a really good question. How do you answer that one?" Um, can you share share with us a uh, a short answer to um, to that one? To put it to put it shortly, um, it, we don't actually have any um, we don't have any known human fossils from the flood, but that's likely because they were the most intelligent and were able to get to the highest elevations and maybe even construct for themselves makeshift rafts so that they would have been among the last to be buried. And thus, when the floodwaters came off the land, they, if any were fossilised, they would have been the first to have been. Those fossils would have been the first to be destroyed. And, and this would be why the vast amount of uh, fossils that we have are very simple creatures that don't have yep. that mobility and that intelligence that... Uh that we find, you know, in, 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 in you know, I, I guess you've got that whole scale that goes up through the fossil record, don't you? Exactly. And 95% of all, of all fossils are marine invertebrates. So, uh, you know, they would have been formed as the waters came up over the land and they would have been the first layers to form and thus the, the last ones to be eroded. Sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, now you head to uni. Um, yep. You're, you're now open to the concept of um, creation being a valid alternative model to uh, explaining what we see in the, in, in the natural world. Um, yep. Take us, take us on a journey from there. So from there, my friend, he gave me his New Testament to read. It was probably a good thing that he gave me his New Testament and not a full Bible because I would have started and plodded through, um, plodded through the whole lot if I had it. But, uh, <laughs> Probably would have done all right until you hit Leviticus. <laughs> <laughs> but, I remember when uh, I started to read the Bible the first time, Leviticus was the one that sort of melted my brain the first time around. But, um, yeah, it is a bit difficult. But I was glad to get access to the Gospels rather than um, the Pentateuch first up. Um, so that introduced me to Jesus, and I just read through those really quickly. Uh, I had a few other questions about creation evolution that I pursued answers to myself as well, things like distant star life and radiometric dating, um, you know, sort of some of the more standard objections that you'll find. Yep. But um, but through it all, um, you know, Jesus, I, I just uh, Jesus certainly. It read like history to me in the New Testament, mm-hmm. and not not like fable or myth. So um, that that's that again sort of reinforced that intellectual permission to believe. 
And I think it's one of the th- one of the important things about when you read the New Testament or the Old Testament, for that matter, it's very yeah. simple. It's very unembellished. You read a myth yes. and it's very embellished, but where it's yeah, this one's very unembellished. It gives a true perspective on what we're like um, through the lens of stories about real people at real places and real times, mm. warts and all. Um, and you see that even even with Jesus, it it talks about him being hunger hungered or sleeping or sometimes angry at a plant, you know, you see that in the text and you see, okay, this is a real man. This wasn't just some figment of a religious imagination. Yep, and not some superhero that is just, you know, um, just completely way out there. No. What does it it actually take then to, um, to bring you to accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour? Well, it was someone presenting the um, uh, the choice of Jesus before me. You know, um, John fourteen six. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Just being presented with that starkly, and that happened for me um, in the in Brisbane city, was by a street preacher. He just gave me some some tracts uh, on on repentance and and. You know, it's basically that Jesus is the only way, and I went away after that, and the next day I was looking at that and sort of prayed the prayer that he'd given me and repented, and um, Christ decided to save me. Ah, praise God. They're fantastic, yeah. And I find that interesting because often uh, I think that as, as Christians we might cringe at some of the methods that other Christians use, and I know I've, I've mm. certainly cringed when I've seen street preachers on occasions and yep. and uh, it's it's very encouraging to know that God reaches people through many different methods and that we you know we really don't have a place to question somebody else's calling just because uh, you know we might feel uncomfortable with it well no I mean you don't know what what the people on the street uh, have been going through in their own lives and you don't know if that'll be the uh, the catalyst that that God uses to finally bring them into the kingdom. Mm, for sure. Now, how did you how did you get on um, going through university as a Bible believing, Jesus accepting, um, six day creationist, six thousand year old, approximate Earth? Um, how does that go when you when you're getting a you know a, a degree at university? Uh, well, um, in many respects, much of the much of the science that we were taught just wasn't particularly relevant to the sort of work that I was doing in, in my course. Um, you know, when we were looking at environmental problems, uh, most of what I looked at, because I majored in soil science, most of it was sort of focused more on you know, how the present problem arose through land use practices and so forth. So um, you got to deal a little bit in, uh, in the sort of formation of soils and that, but... It was never really heavily, um, it, it wasn't a heavy part of what I specifically did. Um, <clears throat> it was there in the background, of course. And for that, I you know, I just continued to rely on, on creationist websites like creation.com to, to sort of just help me through whenever I faced an objection, whether it came up from my own head or from a, a, a lecture or something like that. And that was... And that was, um, most of the time, it was enough to get me through. 
Yeah, yep, yep. And this is one of the things I, th- I love about the Creation Ministries um, website is that how many how many articles do you actually have on that website? Uh, we're we're getting near thirteen thousand now. <laughs> <laughs> and these are and these are articles that are you know they're not written by lightweights. These are um, you know really really highly qualified people. Yep. Um, you know, with PhDs and and uh, you know many with multiple PhDs and and, and this kind yep. of thing and and uh, when you read those articles, the research there is um is 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 absolutely first class. And so, you know, if you're listening in today and you're you know maybe studying at university and and, and struggling with questions that are being raised in class, this should be your first stop, your first point of call. This is where you're going to most likely find the, the answers to your questions. I, I I've never been able to come up with a question yet that I haven't been able to find an answer to on the the, uh, on creation.com yeah it's, it's not easy to do we've covered a lot of topics <laughs> now very quickly uh, since then you, uh, you, you're now um, an editor and a reviewer for the Journal of Creation um, yeah. how, did, how did that actually come about how did you uh, um, come to be involved with Creation Ministries uh, well uh, I first got involved with Creation Ministries about a year after I was saved so in my second year at uni I, I joined the local what was then called support group and now it's known as friends of cmi um i joined that group when they sort of started up or restarted i'm not sure about that but it was back in 2002 and so i did some volunteer work for the ministry and uh, it was through that that i got to know some of the speakers and that and and towards the end of my of my studies they advertised for a for a job for a sub-editor for the journal of creation because the the guy who was doing it he he moved on, and so I applied for the job and I got it. There you go, and the rest is history, yep. so to speak. Um, yep. How many uh, how many um, articles have you actually contributed to uh, Creation Magazine and the Journal of Creation? Um, I have no idea. Most articles. <laughs> I guess since since two thousand and two, that's a, a lot of opportunity to uh, to write a lot of material. Yeah, I, I've I've con- most of my articles I think have been contributed to the website. I do a lot of feedback. Ah, sure. Um, um, but yeah, I I do write a bit for for the journal and the mag. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you go onto my authors page, that's got most of my articles I think, and there's probably near a hundred on there. Yeah, I know. I know. I did notice that. I was just scrolling down through them and and um, didn't actually stop to do a, a count. But there's um, you scroll and then you scroll and then you scroll and then you scroll some more before yeah. you get to the actual uh, bottom of the page. And all the links are right there. So if you just type in uh, Sean Sean Doyle Creation, hit enter, and it's just going to go take you um, straight to uh, Creation dot com with uh, Sean Doyle and material that you've been actually presenting. Now, how long has the Creation Magazine been around for now? Um. Oh, it's it. Entering its forty-first year, um, they're just they're just finishing off the um, first first issue of of forty of volume forty-one. So, so I think it was started back in nineteen seventy-seven or seventy-eight by uh, Carl Wieland. And yeah, it's been running pretty much continuously since then. Fantastic. Now, Sean, we're, we're um, unfortunately run out of time, but um, it's been very interesting chatting with you today. Thank you so much for joining us on the show, and we wish you all the best as you continue to promote the cause of creation. Well, thank you for having me. We're going to move on at this stage, and we'll be back with more programming right after this short break.
far longer and far happier than most people in the world. And now, their secret's out. Six regions have been identified as blue zones, places where people experience holistic health, and it's doing them a lot of favors. So do yourself a favor and come along to the free Rethink Health workshops, where we will explore six core principles of health and longevity proven through the Blue Zones at the Swansea Center Sunday, October 7, October 14, and October 21st. 
from 5 p.m. is where you'll find us. For more information, call 0402-528-869 or search for the Rethink Health event on Facebook. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.